What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Hoops Crush Podcast. This is episode 17 already. Uh, I am Eric Brandt, and I'm joined by the one and only Crushables, Brady Parks. How you doing, Brady? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. We have a ton to talk about. Uh, our last uh, episode was prior to the trade deadline, so I want to get your thoughts on a bunch of trades that went down and the inactivity of the Portland Trailblazers. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we can talk about All-Star Weekend and a few other things as well. Um, so we'll just really quickly breeze through. We usually go through the Blazer games. Um, they they played four games since we last talked. Uh, luckily, there's been a lot of time off, so we haven't really missed a ton of games. And the games that they did have were not good. Uh, they blow a 23-point lead to the Detroit Pistons. Did you watch that game, Brady? Uh, no, and the reason why is because my uh, daughter at the moment is going through sleep regression, and I could not, literally could not watch the game because of how bad of a night she was having. So, missed it, unfortunately. And then, of course, the Timberwolves games, I don't watch because I can't. I get blacked Mm -hmm. out. And then... The, the Pelicans and the Blazers game, you're not going to believe it. I fell asleep in, uh, at halftime. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you didn't miss much. It was a low-scoring <laughs> yeah. game in that one. Um, so the Blazers, if they're going for the tank again this season, uh, you know, coming from 23 points up to get a defeat there was uh, probably a good thing. They're still uh, mathematically close to the Charlotte Hornets for the fourth uh, best lottery odds, currently in fifth. So... It might have been a good loss at the end of the season, but it's just it's just bad when you're up 23 against the worst team in the league. Yeah, <laughs> you no, pull Jeremy at home a, too. I know Grant went off 40 for 49. Uh, that's yeah, about Jeremy. All I know about this game. Jeremy had 49 in that one. Um, Chris Murray played well, um, five of six shooting. Jabari Walker 17 and 11. Uh, yeah, it was a good, pretty good performance from the Blazers. They just gave up 27 and 22 to Duran who had a monster game. And I think uh, I think that was the game Ivy went like seven for seven from three or something, but hardly made any two-point shots. Just a weird game. but uh, And then they lose that low-scoring game to the Pelicans. Trey Murphy has 24 points. Uh, no Ant, no Scoot in that one, so it was kind of a boring game. And then, yeah, back-to-back games against the Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards goes off in both of them. I think he had combined 70-some points, 75, 76 points in the two games. Uh, Aiton had a really good first game, 12, uh, 22 and 16. Uh, not so good in the second game. Uh, Scoot um, had 14 and 9 in the first one. But, um, yeah, they get blown out headed into the All-Star break. They're now 15 and 39 on the season. Uh, so not great there either. Uh, what are your just overall thoughts on where the Blazers are at in the standings right now and looking forward to the second uh, half of the season? So uh, obviously kind of to be expected, uh, there was some thoughts that maybe this team could be a playing team, but I think early on in the season, we found out that was not going to be the case. Um, and this is kind of where I figured they would be at this point. Uh, it is exciting that Scoot will start for the rest of the season. So that's great to see. I know some Blazers fans are still like, mad at that which i don't truly understand it makes no sense like he is the future like we gotta we gotta see what this guy has of course but uh yeah i mean right now basically all i'm looking forward to at the end of the season is watching scoot that's literally and then simons of course sharp may not be back this season i'm not really sure i, I think doubt be, it yeah. yeah i doubt he'll be back 
Um, so yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing the young guys play. And that's basically all you can look forward to as a rebuilding team. That's not good right now. Yeah. I think for me, Scoot and Simon's just getting as much playing time as possible together, trying to see not only if it can work, I don't think you're going to know for sure this season, um, but just getting them as sped up as possible and just trying to develop that relationship and that on court duo. Um, I think that's the, basically the only thing that matters the rest of the season. Which by the way, uh, I, you guys probably know who I'm talking about when I say this, uh, cause it was a tweet the other night and, uh, it was something about, you know, I think in one of the Timberwolves games, they you know, like scored uh, outscored us like by 30 points and, People are saying, I hope the people that wanted Scoot to start are happy. Like, who cares, man? Like, we're a bad yeah. team anyway. Scoot needs to start. Like, if we're going to be any good in the future, Scoot mm-hmm. needs to start. Like, it's not going to be him coming off the bench for the rest of his career if we're ever going to be anything. Like, it made no sense to me. Like, people actually care that Scoot's starting now or coming off the bench. Like, Or as, as far as people being mad that he's starting. And it's just a dumb situation that people i i don't know it's dumb we're we're 24 games under 500 one of the (laughs) worst teams in the league yeah we're gonna get blown out by the number one team in the west like it's gonna happen i don't think it mattered if scoot was starting or not like yeah it's just yeah they came out on fire it's one of those games where uh you know you kind of hope that minnesota's sleepwalking into the all-star break they've already kind of checked out but they definitely did not they took care of business and that's uh props to them man because a lot of teams uh, right before the all-star break just kind of pack it in and and lose a game they shouldn't to a team like the Blazers. Um, so for them to come in and, and just stomp on us right away, I know uh, the Blazers cut it to, I think, eight at one point, had a three-point shot to tie it or to cut it to five at one point that didn't go in. Um, so also props to the Blazers for finding a way to kind of battle back and make that a game. But um, I, I just I was impressed with Minnesota just coming in and taking care of business, and uh, they look uh, dang good heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, Edwards uh, decided to you know take a break, not against us, but during the All Star you know events, <laughs> uh, as we'll talk. Oh about. man, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we got to mention that. <laughs> All right, but the the trade deadline uh, saw our Portland Trailblazers. We had been talking about it for. Pretty much since we started Hoops Crush, what the Blazers should uh, do this season in terms of trades. They do none of that. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm sure both of us were equally disappointed in that. But they decide to keep Malcolm Brogdon. And not only do they keep Malcolm Brogdon, but then they also announce that he's hurt and out for two weeks and won't even be playing or helping the team on the court at all. So... um, once again, might be a good thing if he's just sitting out. But uh, if we just kept him to trade him this offseason, uh, it seems kind of silly if we're going to have him not play much the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, I was very disappointed. I, I, I know I mentioned when we were talking about the deadline that I had a feeling it was going to be a quiet deadline, yeah, uh, which it ended sure. up being. Uh, it kind of had a weird vibe that it was going to be, but then I was like, well, it's the NBA deadline. It usually never disappoints. It was disappointing, which it's, you know, for years it hasn't been disappointing, so I don't think it's, like, that big of a deal. Uh, but as far as Portland doing nothing, well, they did do something, of course. They traded for Banton uh, yeah. at the very end, which was very out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, keeping Brogdon, it was really disappointed. I, I know a ton of people are saying, well, you know, it was a you know, quiet deadline. Not a lot of teams were offering picks or whatever, and you could just always get another pick in the offseason. And that's totally fine. Uh, Brogdon's going to be out for two weeks. At this point, I, I don't agree with, you know, a lot of decisions Joe Cronin has made. A lot of people find excuses for, you know, what he's done or what he hasn't done. Uh, and we're, we're just going to find out what happens. And eventually I, I assume the excuses will stop or I'll, you know, you and I and Tori and everyone else that is against Cronin will be the first to apologize if he does do something that, you know, makes sense for the organization. But so far, in my opinion, as we all know, a lot of things he's done have made no sense and have been disappointing moves and have not worked in our favor. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm just going to be in wait and see mode, I guess. And, uh, wait for this master plan, you know? Yeah. Well, with Cronin, my thing is he could still pull out of it, right? He could still, he could still make it work what he did, but he makes it so much harder on himself. I feel like, like, cause now we have to cut, um, I have the exact number here. So heading into the summer right now. So the other thing that happened was uh, they signed Duop Reef finally to an actual contract um, and it's fully guaranteed for next year. So um, if you include the two lottery picks we currently have um, and we don't move up in the lottery, uh, so our, our pick is fifth. Uh, so this number gets a little smaller if we fall to like seventh or something, but that would be bad for our rebuild. Um, and the Warriors pick could get worse as it goes along as it has been getting worse the last couple weeks. Um, but right now, just slotting them in at the fifth and 13th spots, that means we have 15 players under contract, assuming they keep both Jabari Walker and Tamani Kamara. I don't see why they would waive them. Um but Banton would have to go then and we'd have to eat a couple hundred thousand of guaranteed money to him next year. Uh, but that's 15 guys, not including our second round picks. Um, and we're over the tax by $6,754,236. So that Joe's not only going to have to trade Malcolm this offseason, most likely, but he's going to have to find a way to shed at least 6.7 million to get the team under that number. Um, and that that's also going to limit other moves. Whereas if you would have traded Brogdon now got for an expiring contract, even if you got less in terms of pick value that you would this summer, your whole off season is completely different because you're what, 20 some million under the, under the cap and, not under the cap, under the tax. And you can do stuff like not worry about uh, signing a player and how that's going, how you're going to cut that salary later on or using a mid-level exception or taking back more money in a trade, which if you're under the tax, you can in the new CBA take back a lot more in a trade than you used to be able to. And there's going to be a lot of teams trying to dump salary this summer. So I feel like the the ability to dump salary is going to be very costly because there's going to be so many teams that are trying to do it. And there's only a few teams that have cap space or trade exceptions that can uh, bring on contracts without giving up much in return. And so I think it's just a bad mix of Joe just made it very difficult 
to to pull it out because I I don't see any way this team's a tax team after being one of the worst teams in the league next year. So he could do it. He could surprise us. We could all say, hey, good job, Joe. But like he set himself up for failure, in my opinion. And he set him also set himself up to probably have to salary dump one of uh, Robert Williams or Matisse Thibel. And then that, in retrospect, makes both the trade for uh, for Robert Williams look worse and or the decision to match the contract on Matisse Thibel pretty bad if you end up having to please don't attach an asset to get rid of one of those guys. But if you have to give away one of those guys for nothing just because you didn't trade Malcolm at the deadline, I think the opportunity cost by not doing so outweighs um, any positives that that he could do this summer. So it's going to be very difficult in my mind to pull out of this. But I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Joe to do something. But if he doesn't, man, it's just he's just further digging that that hole for us, and and it's going to be harder to rebuild. This sounds like a recipe for a bad trade this offseason. And uh, yes. I'm assuming, but I don't know for sure. I'm assuming no one can give him a pass if we make a bad trade uh, with Brogdon. Oh. Like, there's no way, right? Like, there's absolutely no way. I would way. say that. <laughs> yeah, like, how, who, what is the excuse going to be next? Like, if we do end up salary dumping Brogdon or whatever it may be, whoever it is, and we get... And again, if it does end up being a first round pick back or whatever, or it's a good return, then that's fine. But if it does end up being like just a, you know, bad trade on paper, like similar to CJ, you know, or not CJ, sorry, the Covington and Norm Powell trade uh, where, but everyone said that was because of Olshay, right? He had to clean up his mess. <laughs> There's no attachment here with that. Everything has been Cronin's decisions. So that excuse cannot come, which I'm glad. Um, We'll see. We'll just see what happens, man. And I, I really hope he does some good things this offseason because I'm tired of everyone having to argue about it. I want us to all be, you know, collective and happy about what, where this organization is going. But it's definitely a civil war right now between us Blazers fans because a lot of people, you know, agree with a lot of the things he's done. And a lot of us disagree uh, with what he's done so far and just give him excuse after excuse. So it's just a matter of wait and see mode at this point. Yeah, and it's just... with. With all his moves, it's it's panned as like setting something up for the next opportunity, right? Every it's time. always it's always next time. It's always next time. Whereas I look at it like you just made the next time. You're promising a next time, but you've made it like really tough to pull that out. And uh, I just I worry because he's he doesn't have any experience, and then you know he he says this stuff like, like, well, I don't have any choice. I have to, I have to get this done this summer, last summer. Right. <laughs> and, and it, he's, he says, I have to do it. And then he doesn't. And then he's like, well, I'm young. I make mistakes and I'm learning on the job. You know, it, it's like, we don't have that leeway. I, I like it's, it, we've run out of that leeway if we want to rebuild this thing the right way right now. So, um, yeah, if you get to a point where you're a rebuilding team and you're giving away assets instead oh of putting God. yourself in a situation where you're acquiring assets for taking on salary, that's like the worst possible scenario in my mind from the Dame trade till now. And I, I was, 
Go ahead. I, I usually never engage with people on Twitter because I just think it's a waste of time to argue with people on Twitter. But if, for whatever reason, this offseason, if Cronin tri- has to attach an asset to get rid of anybody or does something stupid and there's people actually – you know, agreeing with him or I will argue with people on Twitter, which is something I normally don't do, but like, bro, at what point can we stop giving this guy like a pass and say, Oh, well, it wasn't his fault. He had no choice or he couldn't do anything. No teams Mm -hmm. were offering first round picks at the deadline or whatever. Uh, it just, it's so stupid and I'm over it. Uh, and obviously, it's not like a crazy threat because who cares if I'm arguing with people on Twitter? But right, right. Like, I'm just I, so well, sick of it. I'm just that's where I'm at. Like, if people are really making excuses for him this summer, if we do something dumb, uh, I'm I'm gonna be very upset. Well, I'm torn now because the Blazers are my favorite team. I want them to win a championship. I want to see it in my lifetime before I die. That, that was like, I, I don't know. It would mean so much to me personally. Um, as as well as all other Blazer fans, I imagine. Uh, but I also want to see you get into a few on Twitter. So <laughs> that might be a, a fun. Uh, uh, you yeah, know, I usually never. I bro, I positive. see so many stupid tweets, whether it's from you know other fan bases or you know uh, Blazers fans in general. And sometimes I want to say something, but I'm just like, nah, man, it's not even worth yeah. it. Like arguing with people over the internet's just a waste of time. I don't mind the other fan bases. Like I just brush that off really because. You know, you don't watch team like no one's watching Portland this year, right? Yeah. So like they're just looking at scoot stats or whatever. Like, Not even looking, Blazers oh. fans are watching Portland this yeah. year. As oh yeah, Did you see the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah down forty nine percent or something like that. Not surprising. Yeah. I mean, you traded the franchise icon mm-hmm. away, and a lot of people were upset with that. And the team's not very good, so it was to be expected, I think. Yeah, this is. Uh... They're framing it like this is exactly what they were hoping for, but this is this is really bad for what they, they failed in every one of their goals. They really wanted to show people that they were going to be good and not necessarily like playoff good or anything, but at least like in the running for a a play in birth and just like better than what people expected. And they tried to set the expectations really low so that when they were decent, um, that that it would happen, but man, they've just gotten obliterated in some of these games, and then they look good for a couple weeks, and then Joe Cronin's like, "Oh, we're, I'm happy where we're at, and um, like I want to see with this team gel." It's like, what are you talking about? You're I didn't even watch the press conference because yeah. I'm so sick of what that guy yeah. says. You want to see a team gel with like a 31 year old vet guard that's blocking your <laughs> guards if they're healthy? Like, I, it just. I don't know, man. It's just like everything just seems weird with this. Feels directionless. Feels really directionless. Yeah. Just not. But uh, so, so what did you think of Delano Bain that acquisition? Uh, I was like, uh, at first, my first initial thought was like, did we really just like help the Celtics free up a roster spot? Like that's what Mm. I thought, and I was like, why are we giving them a second round pick if that's the case? But sounds like. We actually wanted Delano Banton, and, you know, we got him for, you know, it's whatever. Like, we didn't give up a lot to get him or whatever. But yeah, pick's not going to convey, so yeah. it probably won't matter. Um, sure. You know, it's cool, I guess. I mean, he's like a six – isn't he like six six or six seven or something like that? Or my I... He's like six eight. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, if he were to work out, that's great because that's where the league is going, you know, these tall guards. But, um, you know, he hasn't really been able to gel very many places. I think he had a couple bright spots in Toronto, but – 
know, went to Boston. I don't think he really did much there. Um, you know, I remember hitting the three point, hitting him a hitting a three point shot in the Pelicans game, and outside of that, doing nothing. And then I don't know what he did in the Timberwolves game. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah, I mean, he's fine for what this rest of the season is probably going to be. They needed another ball handler too with the injuries. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with that. It's just like I said, you you probably can't keep him just because of roster spots um, and if you trade someone, I mean, you might free up a roster spot, but uh, I don't think he's like really critical moving forward. But if you don't keep him past the season, you just brought more money in for next season. Um, like I said, it's not a lot, but it's still a little bit. And between the Eric Bledsoe dead money, that's still on the cap, uh, and the Didi Luzada dead money, and then this little bit of dead money potentially, it just when you're trying to be cheap and, and kind of avoid the tax and stuff that the little stuff adds up. And so that part of it didn't make sense to me, but Delano as a, as a flyer for basically nothing, um, I, I was fine with, at least we made some move, right. <laughs> like something to talk about. Um, what, what, what did you really think about? Like, what was your, who was your big winner at the trade deadline? Yeah. I know you said it was dead. I actually thought it was really fun because it wasn't, like a star trade or anything, but there are a ton of little trades. And I think a lot of them are going to be really good moves in the long run. Um, but uh, who is, who is your big winner from, from the trade deadline? Uh, Dallas Mavericks, man, uh, getting Gafford and PJ Washington when their asset pool is very limited. Um, mm -hmm. Really happy for, you know, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks organization getting that, you know, getting that done. Cause Gafford is someone as Blazers fans we've wanted as our backup center to Nurk when we were, you know, still thinking about Dame staying here. Uh, but I think him and Dallas is perfect because they've needed another uh, reliable big. Dwight Powell is someone they've had to rely on, and he's just, you know, not that great. Uh, Derek Lively has been awesome for them. Uh, I think Daniel Gaffer is exactly what they needed in another wing, like P.J. Washington. Of course, they had to trade Dorian Finney-Smith to get Kyrie Irving, so they kind of replaced P.J. Washington or replaced Finney-Smith with Washington. Uh, really, really solid uh, trade for the Mavericks. Absolutely loved both of those trades. And again, uh, they didn't have to give up a ton to make it happen either. And uh, of course, the Knicks, um, you know, this... And again, some of the big moves happened before the deadline even, you know, was here. So like, you know, OG and Siakam were traded, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. But the Knicks getting OG and Anobi earlier in the year. And then uh, they trade Quentin Grimes and only some seconds to get uh, Bojan and Alec Burks in the same trade. So that was awesome as well. Um, yeah, so the Knicks and the Mavericks come out as clear winners for me. And then I uh, really like the Timberwolves also getting Monte Morris. Thought that was exactly what they needed. They just extended Mike Conley today as well. So those are like two perfect point guards, I think, for them going forward. As obviously, if you're the Timberwolves, you prefer to have Anthony Edwards to you know be the scorer there. Uh, so you have your point guards who can facilita facilitate and score when they need to. Cat is that second guy you want to score who dropped you know, 50 in the All-Star game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think those are the three trades that, you know, I liked a lot. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting about one at the moment. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think Mavericks and Knicks, of course, they were the two biggest trades, and I think they're the clear winners. Yeah, those were my two winners as well. Um, everything you said about Gafford, I, I he's crushing it right now. Um, and that's that's just a really good pickup. And P.J. Washington, um, he's he's been struggling offensively this season but um man that guy is a really underrated defender and uh 
uh, you can tell already how how much tougher the Mavs are going to be as an out in the playoffs just because of those moves. And yeah, they gave up a 2027 20, first. That's only I think top two protected or something to make it happen. But uh, I don't I don't really mind the aggressiveness. They they saw a window identified some players that could help them. Uh, both of them are still under contract for a couple of years. PJ Washington still four years, I believe, three or four years. Um, just signed extensions. So. Yeah. So uh, you get a couple of players that are locked in, um, and and I think are tremendous fits next to Luca and Kyrie. You got to beef up your front line if you want to make that backcourt work, and they did just that. Yeah. Uh, awesome. The Knicks, the Knicks to not give up any of their first and get Bojan. I think was a really good move. Um, they of course give up Quentin Grimes, but uh, it just wasn't seemingly working out there. Uh, but yeah, I agree. They they made a bunch of moves. Um, yeah, giving up quickly is probably the toughest part about all their moves they made. But uh, you know, OG has been hurt, um, so you got to worry about his health. But uh, that mix, if everyone's healthy, I think they could be a dark horse to make the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, yeah, so really good move there. I also, uh, we, a team we talked about being intrigued on what they were going to do at the deadline. And we kind of mentioned that look for uh, them to trade for a player that is on an expiring uh, because then they could possibly still use all their cap space or re-sign that player this summer if it works out. And that's the 76ers getting Buddy healed. Um, I thought Buddy... If Embiid's healthy, that's like a really good backcourt mate for Tyrese Maxey. Um, they didn't give up a lot, only second round picks um, and like cork maws and stuff like that. So um, Marcus Morris is expiring. So yeah, nothing really that hurts him rotation wise. And then you add a, a shooter like Buddy Heald to the mix. Um, I thought that was a really good move by the 76ers. What'd you think of that one? Yeah, uh, I forgot about that one. That was a great move as well. Uh, it was like Buddy Heald, and then you had the Olenek and the Obaji trade as well, which I thought that was a decent move as well. If Toronto was making an Obaji, maybe developing there, because he's another guy that kind of fits on that Barnes and quickly Barrett timeline. Like, if mm -hmm. that all works out, that's great. Uh, but back to, you know, the 76ers with Buddy Heald. Obviously, I think he's a player the 76ers should have wanted to get for a long time. If it, you know, even when they went, had Ben Simmons, I think that was someone they wanted more shooting, of course, around Ben Simmons. Uh, so they finally get him, and I think it makes a ton of sense. Gave up two seconds, I believe, to get him. So uh, you have the ability to re-sign him or let him go, um, and I think he'll be a terrific, um, you know, another guard for them to score. Uh, so you got a lot of scores over there on that roster with Ubre, Buddy Heald. Uh, when Embiid is back, the Phil this Philadelphia team is going to be interesting. I definitely think they're contender this year. Uh, but what Maury does this offseason, if, you know, they're eliminated in round two again, which you have to hope Joel Embiid has the patience for that, um, which I assume he will just because there's, you know, the ability has a team or the team that has the ability to do a lot of things this offseason. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Eastern Conference race has me intrigued uh, for sure. Oh, it's going to be so fun down the stretch here. Yeah. Um, trying to think. what. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, salary dump trades. Nothing nothing really yeah it was probably a, worth mentioning but yeah. um the other trade uh or there's two other trades we, i want to get your thoughts on one you did a rebuild for the thunder after this trade 
Uh, so go check that out on Crushable's channel if you haven't already. But that's uh, the Horn, the Thunder making a play. Uh, they finally make a trade uh, using some of their picks. And uh, I mean, it's only a couple second rounders, but Gordon Hayward is the guy they get instead of someone uh, a little better. But what do you think of that move? Yeah, I was like, uh, at first, I was like, man, that's kind of weird. Gordon Hayward being uh, traded for in 2024 did not think that would happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man has with a, value. <laughs> yeah, a lot of health issues. Uh, the Thunder give up a couple of guys that probably were never going to be long-term in the rotation, like Trey Mann, uh, Medchich, I believe, in the trade, and then Berton's contract, of course, uh, they were just going to eventually get rid of anyway. Uh, Hayward's also a big expiring, so uh, I don't know what the Thunder's cap situation are. I believe the Thunder are going to have cap space this offseason, yeah, right? I think it sets them up to potentially have cap yeah, space. So, yeah, so uh, they are going to be able to do stu- do something with that. And Gordon Hayward's a vet that can, you know, doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. I think, I believe he's only played in like two series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe he's played in more, but I know, I remember the Clippers series uh, a long time ago, first the Jazz versus the Clippers. But outside of that, I don't remember. Um, what else Gordon Hayward has done in the playoffs, but yeah, I guess he's a vet that's playing the playoffs a little bit. So uh, another guy that can help them uh, once they're in, you know, the playoffs. Yeah. If he's healthy, that's a good like scorer. He's a decent player. Uh, Just kind of a weird move, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's potentially setting up them to have a really uh, busy off season and look for them to make a ton of moves, both acquiring assets and maneuvering around the draft board like they did last year. They they use some of their um, cap space or trade exception to to take on Berton's contract to begin with to move up a couple spots and get their guy um, I'm blanking on his name uh, the guard from Kason Wallace uh, and so they're they're going to be doing stuff like that uh, multiple times this summer again so look for that and then also Trey Mann. Balling out for the Hornets. Right oh yeah, now. Trey Mann's crushing it on the on Don't the Hornets. Look now. They're on a three-game win streak. Yep. And Grant Williams is talking like he's <laughs> like changed the whole direction of their franchise. Um, but uh, and he's talking crap about the Mavericks organization too. It's always funny when players leave and they yeah. act like that. But um, yeah, uh, the only other trade I really want to talk about is the Phoenix Suns. Um, oh yeah. Like Royce O'Neal, of course, was uh their plan B, I think. They they wanted to get Miles Bridges. Um, I don't know if they backed out because of public potential backlash or what, um, or if if Miles Bridges really wanted to stay in Charlotte. <laughs> um maybe the only thing I can think of is if he was traded, he loses bird rights. So um the Pistons wouldn't have been able to sign him for very much and then maybe worry about getting another contract from other teams, um, despite how good he is um, because of the off-court stuff. So maybe he thought Charlotte would re-sign him and that's his only chance of getting a decent-sized contract to make up some of that money he lost when he uh, was a jackass. (laughs) But um, um, yeah, but so... But then they get David Roddy too. It's just like a weird trade. I thought I thought they needed a backup big and uh, and a point guard type player, and instead they get two two wings. Um, what do you think of those moves? 
Uh, yeah, did they? I think they gave up two seconds to get that done, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it just one? Yeah, so it Royce was O'Neal, a swap too, I think. Royce O'Neal, pretty good acquisition. David Roddy, don't know a ton about him. Uh, I know he's still pretty decently young, uh, but Royce O'Neal is someone uh, which uh, I remember. I don't remember what game it was. I was. I think it was the Warriors Nets game. Royce O'Neal was just lighting it up, could not miss from <laughs> three. Um, so yeah, he's a, a terrific acquisition for the Suns that needed another wing in their rotation for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, uh, not getting a big sucks. Um, again, we thought they were going to get miles bridges cause that's just what all the rumors were saying. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Miles bridge miles bridges. I mentioned today that, or I think in the other day when I was doing a Hornets video, I mentioned if I was a betting man, I don't think he'll be back, but someone had said, which I didn't know he said this. He said that he wants to resign to repay the Hornets for sticking by his side through all of his, you know, off court antics or whatever. So maybe that's the case, and he does intend to resign. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I think that's him realizing that that's his only chance of getting paid. He might get like a small contract somewhere else, of course. Like he's good enough to probably have at least a, a team justify signing him. But I think if he stays in Charlotte, they've already dealt with it. So, I mean, they were not going to get a ton more backlash for resigning him. Um, they should, but they're not going to. So um, I think I think he and his agent um, played this the right way if he wants to get paid. Which he's with uh, Clutch Sports, isn't he? Uh, I'm not sure what who who he's through. Pretty sure he's with Clutch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I could be wrong though. Yeah, maybe because he's buddies with all those guys. So <laughs> makes sense. Um. And then, so to wrap up the trade deadline, uh, so Crushables has a bunch of videos over on his channel. Um, you did uh, a Detroit rebuild after their trade deadline. Um, you also had an interesting video about Paul George potentially to the 76ers this yeah, summer. Yeah, I saw the report that the 76ers may turn their attention to Paul George if you were to not resign with LA, which I don't know. It just feels like that's not going to happen. But it was a yeah, video but that, that would be a crazy. Uh, that would be one of those crazy uh, off-season moments if that happens. So yeah. um, that'd be kind of fun, and that would definitely be intriguing to watch Paul George with uh, Embiid and and Maxi and stuff. Um, and then uh, yeah, so it comes out a few days after the trade deadline that the Golden State Warriors, oh yeah, tried to convince LeBron James to uh, get traded to the Warriors or, or ask for a trade to the Warriors. They first call the Lakers. The Lakers tell them to go talk to Rich Paul because they're not trading him unless LeBron demands it or whatever or says that he's for sure not resigning in the offseason. And uh, I don't think this ever got close to happening, but just the fact that the Warriors tried to do it is uh, is very interesting, Brady. Like, what, what did you think when you heard that news? Uh, I was little, I was like... I was surprised, and then I was like, hey, it does make sense just based off what LeBron has done on, you know, off the court with so many signals that, hey, go trade for Jonathan Murray or go make this move or whatever. Uh, and I do find it very interesting that the Lakers weren't like, oh, we're not trading him. That's never going to happen. They're just like, I don't know, go ask LeBron. Like, I, well, they're they're kind of worried about the offseason. Yeah. yeah, you could tell there's some friction there. Uh, LeBron's offseason is going to be very interesting. Uh, there's, like, so many options he could go with, of course, which I – definitely think this is the least likely but he could decide to retire 
um, which I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, he th said he was thinking about retiring last offseason. Again, I don't know if that was true or not, but uh, he can go play with his son. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many teams, like, maybe just draft Bronny if, like, there's a team that drafts Bronny in the first round just because they think they're getting LeBron or something crazy like that. Um uh, I feel like then, that's going to be the Lakers strategy this summer. It's that just could be. It get Bronny at all costs and, and then just have him resign. The Warriors, I believe, their pick, uh, their picks are they don't have a ton of picks in this draft, or in, but they did get a pick from the Pacers for Corey Joseph. So I don't know if that's their maneuver to try to get Bronny James or whatever. <laughs> so it, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, Steph and LeBron would have been a lot of fun. I just don't think LeBron. It, it, I don't know. I just don't know if he'd be really interested in moving, um, you know, to San Fran, but. Well, it, it's a little different because obviously LeBron is pushing 40 and yeah, Steph sure. is getting up there in age. But to me, it was like, my first thought was, does LeBron really want to get the same heat KD got oh, <laughs> by yeah, joining, the, joining the Warriors and have, like, even if he wins a title there, it'd be an incredible accomplishment, uh, winning another title with a fourth team um but man uh i i just think if he if he had if he has to join the warriors to do that i just think it's it would almost be a a bad part of his legacy what does uh, even a 39 year old lebron trade look like anyway like does is the warriors giving up like kamenga in that situation or like picks I, it's so weird right. i don't even know what it would have been the trade would have been i imagine wiggins contract is in there because you assuming assuming you're keeping draymond green but outside of that it's it would be very interesting to see what that trade would have even looked like yeah i think you gotta keep you gotta keep uh deray and and steph maybe it's clay that goes out yeah, I don't know. Uh, but i think yeah they'd build some sort of package around moody kaminga and wiggins Podjimski, maybe yeah, that Chris Paul's salary they could have added to that there too. as well. I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, the Lakers probably could have cleaned up. I think the Warriors could have called the Blazers and made their 2024 unprotected, and that would have freed Man, that up. that would have been a crazy gamble for them to take, but it would have yeah. made sense because LeBron yeah. and Steph. So. I mean, they've been – they're now towards the end of the lottery, so I don't think they're quite as risky – uh, to do something like that but um yeah they probably would have given a 2026 first kaminga moody and then salary filler um which is i mean obviously not enough for lebron but i mean if you're the war or the lakers and you're gonna lose him this offseason potentially i don't think it's like the worst thing to take advantage of it yeah. um but yeah uh just i thought that was like crazy uh i i'm surprised it came out um but uh, and the, like you said, it's, it's a little surprising some of the details, like the Lakers are just like that. But I think uh, clearly they want to keep LeBron and they know they need to get Bronny this season. I think that'll be their play. They're just going to get Bronny, whatever it takes, whether they have to draft him in the first round or whatever. Um, but because uh, they could potentially have their pick. Uh, New Orleans uh, has Pelicans, a Pelicans can defer or whatever. Yeah, they can choose whether to keep it or push it to 2025. Which I imagine they'll push it to 2025. I think it makes more sense. Uh, yeah, because the Lakers are in the play-in at the time, but I imagine they'll get in the playoffs. I mean, it's LeBron yeah. James. Mm -hmm. But if uh, 
yeah if i mean lebron's like i said gonna be 40 so he's you gotta think at some point that pick might be a lottery pick and with Cooper Flag, Ace Bailey, and stuff in the Plus, draft, yeah, that next draft year. is much better. And if yeah. LeBron does leave, that pick looks much better in 2025, mm-hmm. potentially. Don't know what the yeah. Lakers are going to be doing. Yeah, I think it makes way more sense mm-hmm. for the Pelicans to defer that pick. I don't yeah. know what the deadline is for them to make that decision, but uh, I would take it as far as you have to to that deadline, uh, yeah. depending on what it, when it is. I don't even know when it is. And then, uh, so Crushables also did a video on the. If, if LeBron got traded to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, Once so, that report came out, I was like, yeah, I got to do a video on that. That was a very fun video. So go go check out all of, of his stuff mm-hmm. on his channel. Um, all right. So now let's get to All-Star Weekend. Uh, we have um, – well, Sharp was supposed to play in the Rising Stars. Unfortunately, he's hurt. Um, but Scoot plays uh what did you think of scoot on friday night did you have a chance to watch him yeah i did uh it was another night with my daughter though so i was you know in and out of the game i was trying to get her to sleep and she was refusing so i had to go lay down with her um but at times i was able to watch um scoot and i barely got to watch any other games i was just mainly focused on scoot that night uh him cooking chet was kind of fun and then i know he had a uh pull up mid-range and uh i know he ended up finishing with like over 10 or was it 10 on the dot? Yeah. yeah Not um, like four shots i think i miss a lot of his buckets i saw those two uh which really sucked because i was trying to watch it but you know yeah <laughs> family duties or whatever so mm-hmm. uh yeah it was it was fun seeing him in there it would have been really awesome to see sharp there as well sharp did win he didn't have to do anything to win <laughs> you know, but, he was uh, on the winning team yeah <laughs> yeah he was there so but, yeah, yeah, Benedict Matherin was going, talking crap to everyone like it was game seven of the finals or something. Uh, yeah, so you have that Friday night. And then, so I am I am interested to see what you say uh, <laughs> because I really respect your opinion. And I know uh, at times the public will all say the same thing and it just – it gets monotonous in, in my mind. Like it, it just like people just say stuff to say it. I feel like, so the dunk contest was not good. Uh, but like, are you, do you think it's like trash and needs to go away and all this stuff? Or do you still <laughs> enjoy watching it sometimes or, or do you just need better players in it? Or what do you think the problem is? Or do you think it's a problem at all? Uh, so, Dunk contests, obviously there was a few other events, which we'll talk about. Um, dunk contest being the last event of the night, uh, I will be completely transparent with you. I was genuinely very, very bored watching it. Uh, it was one of the wor- worst dunk contests I feel like I've watched in a while. It's just been bad, man. Uh, none of the dunks really excited me that much. Um, I was actually exci- genuinely excited that Jalen Brown, you know, we got an all-star in the dunk contest, and dude, his dunks were terrible. Like, uh well- I hated him. I did not like any of the dunks he did. Uh, jumping over a five foot three or however tall Kai Snet is, I don't know. In uh, him sitting down, uh, and then I don't even think he deserved to make it to the finals. The scoring was so weird as well. Uh, Jacob Toppin, I believe his name was, actually had a genuinely you know pretty nice dunk. And I don't know. I don't know if it's gotten to the point that every dunk has just been done. Which I don't know if you can truly say that because things are invented all the time. So you have to yeah. imagine there's some crazy things still not that haven't been done. Uh, and then jumping over Shaq, that's been done a lot. That was, you know, uh, 
done quite a bit. The jumping over people's just yeah played out, I think. Yeah, so I was I was genuinely bored. Do I think it should go away? Not necessarily, uh, because it's you know historic and it's been there for years. Uh, I just don't. I don't. When it comes to All Star Weekend, there's a lot of problems with it. I don't know how you fix it. I know the NBA has tried, which I commend them for trying. Just like the NFL, they're having the same problem with their Pro Bowl game. It's just like, I don't know, man. It just seems like All Star games aren't fun, or All Star events usually aren't that great. And it's just kind of how it is. The three point contest is fine, of course. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. And I, I did like the Sabrina versus Steph thing. I thought that was really cool as well. Um, but yeah, the dunk contest, I was very bored watching. I was really disappointed. For me, it's obviously, I think you mentioned Jalen Brown doing it. I, I think there needs to be, you know, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, uh, Clyde Drexler, um, like Kobe, uh, Blake Griffin. It, I'm still mad we didn't get sharp, man. I don't know what he would have done, mm-hmm. but I just had a yeah. feeling he would have been awesome. He was healthy last year. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I don't know, Vince Carter, you know, like it needs, it needs the star power. I think it, it just, I mean, even so the Levine Gordon one, I mean, no one really cared that much about those two players prior to that. Um, so you wouldn't necessarily say either of those guys were a star when that dunk contest happened, but they just wowed everyone. So you need either that or you need the stars. But at the same time, Jalen Brown's getting killed for being like his oh, dunks yeah. in the dunk contest, right? <laughs> and this guy, I mean, I don't feel sorry for him or whatever because he's, uh, I think it's the highest paid player in the NBA. <laughs> but um, this guy, like Jalen Brown, like we finally have someone do it and he just takes a bunch of heat and just gets crapped on. And then like everyone thinks he sucks. Like, in on the real like he's he's the second best player for years now on uh one of the best teams in the league and this guy just everyone thinks he's trash (laughs) it's just it's just weird to me that we like are begging for stars to do it i'm not saying Jalen brown's a star necessarily but like like we finally get someone who's willing to do it and you hope that that would encourage more players to be competitive and and do it but instead they're just going to be like well jalen brown decided to do it and look how he got crapped on like why would i want to subject yeah, myself true. to that scrutiny so it's it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword i think when we're talking about how how laughable jalen brown's <laughs> dunks were or attempts uh were when like we should be applauding him for actually putting himself out there to do it yeah i agree um that's definitely a good point uh yeah i don't i'm not one of the people that think jalen brown sucks or he's a bad player i know there's people that crap on him all the time i actually like his game a lot um but uh yeah i was disappointed by his dunks but you're right like why would you know anyone you know want to do it if they're going to get scrutinized the way he was and uh we should be applauding him for even attempting it but yeah i was Mm. just i don't know man the dunk contest has been disappointing for years and we haven't had a good one i feel like since uh you know since obviously levine and gordon what a special time that was um yeah i don't know how you fix it other than stars trying or uh, yeah not sure man it's almost like the 
It's almost like the Olympics where we send our we send a team that's just okay, and then we right. lose. So or the then, World Cup or something. Yeah. And then eventually we have to send our best players mm-hmm. to remind the you know remind the world that we still are the best yeah. team. It's just we don't care enough to go send our best players. So right. I don't know if it'll eventually get to that where uh player you know I think John Morant. I heard someone say that like John Morant would consider doing it next year, which I don't know how true that was. Um, and maybe eventually we'll get to a point where players are even disappointed by the, you know, the product that's on the floor and maybe Edwards, you know, Zion, John Morant, all say, okay, we got to fix this bad boy and get in there. But that's a That'd dream. Be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude, if you had those three guys and I don't know, like I'm fine with Mac McClung. Like I also think it's weird to only have four players. Like if you're going to have a couple of like no name people, you need more people than four, I think. And then uh, just kind of open it up a little bit. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know, the format's weird and everything. The judging's weird. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm fine with Mac McClung doing it, but my issue with something you mentioned, I thought it was cool too, the Sabrina versus Steph, but I found myself wanting – to just have them in the three-point contest like why why couldn't they just why couldn't sabrina just be in there if you're gonna have mcclung be in the in the dunk contest why couldn't sabrina have just done the regular three-point shootout it would have been she if she got to, if she uh, got 26 and it was a five-way tie yeah also could we just have four people in the finals instead of having a tiebreaker to eliminate one of the four <laughs> yeah that was like, kind of like uh that was weird too. I, but I, I genuinely think the three point. I don't. I never understood why the three point contest goes from like what is it eight? Is it eight to, or ten people? I don't know what it is. But it's eight. eight yeah, to four, I, I generally yeah. never or eight understood. to three, three. Yeah. Yeah, I never understood why it goes eight to three. Maybe go like eight to five. Maybe even eight to six down to four to two. Like I think it'd be a lot better well, if it was like a you know if it went slower, but mm-hmm. they just go all the way from eight to three. It doesn't seem like it, but it is very tiring to <laughs> put up that many shots in a, that's, yeah, in a minute that's or whatever. A so maybe stamina. Because uh, you see that in like the home run derby a lot where uh, like a local tie-in, uh, Julio Rodriguez hits like a ton of bombs, but then he doesn't win the, the home run derby because he like hit all his home runs early in the, in the um, contest. So um, yeah, I don't know about that. I just... I just don't see why you have to have a tiebreaker. Like if there's a bunch of people tied, you just don't have them all in the finals. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty cool. If they would. But yeah, that. I was, I was like, man, what if Sabrina would have done that in the contest and made the finals, that would have been really cool. And then we wouldn't be talking about, Oh, see girls can't compete or whatever, which is really stupid. Uh, but like, I mean, because Eric, she, they have their own three point contest. Don't they? <laughs> don't yeah. they have their own though? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they do. Well, that's that's where Sabrina she killed it last yeah, year in that yeah, contest, and then that was the idea to have her in this one. But yeah, I was just like, so Damian Lillard wins the three point contest. So awesome, right? Let's go. Our, our guy Dame, uh, and he, wins the All Star Game MVP after he didn't he, deserve to be a starter. Everyone said he but. purposely misses his uh, last or his fourth to last shots uh just to make it interesting right <laughs> you, are you convinced he did that on purpose no i don't think he did it on purpose <laughs> no, I know. I'm, just, I'm just kidding uh but yeah it comes down to the last ball he hits it for the win and uh does the dame time 
um, and all that. But really cool. But yeah, I was. I think it would have been. I mean, it would have sucked if Dame lost because of this. But I just, I kind of wish Steph and, and Sabrina were part of the three point contest and not a separate event. Yeah, I get, I get that point for sure. Um, I feel like the NBA just, you know, wanted it to be a separate event, so it feels like the NBA did more for the All Star right. weekend. Right. Yeah. Uh, just a little so, extra. Yeah. So this, I, I feel like that's where it came from. The skills challenge is kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know it if you like different. it or not. But. It was, uh, I, you know, going into it, I actually had no idea what the format even was. I was like, once the first game or once the first event was over, I thought that was it. I was like, oh, the pace was yeah. cool. Moving on. Because that's thing. like what, what the normal. Yeah, that's what it's been it was, every time. Yeah. And, you know, they did a bunch of other things with it. And Anthony Edwards just pretty much made a mockery of it. He didn't really care at all. And, um, you know, it's cool, you know, as. And now a lot of people are upset and as much as he thinks that's like cool that oh this isn't a big deal to me it definitely as a fan kind of sucked to see like he just really didn't care started shooting it left-handed and yeah back. and it, yeah. it's one thing if you like come close to making it but he was like shooting it off the top of the backboard and stuff yeah, yeah. It's, my thing is dude just don't freaking do it if you're gonna do it that do that right yeah, like exactly. just don't do it like it, it's one thing it but i mean people gambled on it and stuff like it might have been foolish to gamble on a, oh, okay. on a skills challenge way, i didn't put i didn't bet anything <laughs> yeah. weekend. Well, people are crazy for that but like you know you're putting people who you know put money on that event you know you're basically saying you don't care about that which is fine it's not his responsibility to do that but like i said just i mean the NBA has a problem or like you said, all sports have a problem where their all-star game is boring or not really um, competitive or like intriguing or anything like that. But certainly having someone just make it, make a joke out of one of their events is certainly does not help their, their situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the all-star Saturday, it's fine. It's okay. Obviously the all-star game, people have their problems with it as well. The NBA has tried to make it interesting with captains, drafts, drafts. You know, obviously the one year in 2020 because of the tragic event of Kobe. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome one. You had Kyle Lowry taking charges. That What a fun <laughs> game that was. I remember that, yeah. man. 2020 was a special all-star game. But it's just like players aren't going to do that because, like, you know, I know people have brought up the idea of, well, what if the conference that wins gets finals, you know, gets home court in the NBA finals? I'm like that that just like totally regulates the regular season. Like I I don't think that makes any sense either. And that um, only applies to like one or two players from yeah, that too. the team that I know so I had a good idea I actually saw on Twitter and I don't know who it was that said it, but uh and again, this may not work either because these guys already paid a lot of money, but like, you know, money for every block and steal that's half, you know, happens in the all-star game. Maybe that intrigues players to play mm -hmm. more defense, which maybe that's the solution. But again, do players care? Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're not going to go get injured, you know, playing in the all-star game. That's the worst outcome that yeah. could possibly happen, especially, you know, it's an all, it's the all-stars playing like for contenders. You don't want to see your best yeah. player get hurt during a meaningless game like that so right. i don't know if there ever is a solution to fixing it it just probably is what it is i know the nfl's resorted to like uh flag football and all these other dodgeball events and like that um which i've never really cared about nfl's pro bowl weekend or whatever um the nba is still fun to watch um 
it was an okay All-Star Saturday night. Three-point contest was good. Dunk contest I was bored by. The all- Skills Challenge was okay. It, you know, Edwards was disappointing, uh, you know, not caring about it. Uh, the All-Star game, still fun, you know, of course, because Dame, uh, you know, was hitting some half-court shots. And, uh, yeah. you know, as him being my favorite player, that made it more fun for me. I'm sure mm-hmm. other people that don't care about Dame, they were like, oh, this is stupid. A lot of people like, complaining. Yeah, so um, I enjoyed it because of Dame, but, you know, uh, I understand the, you know, complaints about what the All-Star game is, and I'm just not sure there ever is a way to fix it. There may never be. Yeah, I think they're – you just kind of got to hope that it's okay. And that, I think being okay is fine. You're not going to make it great like you mentioned. So just be okay with it being an event. It's more just an accomplishment to be an all-star and just the pageantry of the weekend. You know, I don't think the events themselves are as important as that stuff. So just kind of just realize that, but I thought they made a huge mistake. Um, I, I thought it was fine to take away the draft thing because I, I, I do like the East versus West thing. But the huge mistake, I think, was changing the the scoring format back to the original because I, I kind of liked the, the, the way score. they had it, the target score and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Rising Stars, um, it made it a little more fun with that. Um, then you always have like a game winner every single quarter and stuff like that. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, there, I've, I've heard some talks that they should do it like the rising stars where there's four teams and like smaller teams. And then, um, you could have a, a tournament like that. Maybe they do something like that, but, um, yeah, I, I just think you just got to kind of live with it and, I know David, or not David Stern, I don't know, <laughs> Adam Silver uh, was really disappointed. He promised that this All-Star game was going to be awesome and and everyone's going to care about it. It didn't really play out that way, but um, I, I just think you can't promise that. Like, it is, it's it's an exhibition game. You're never going to make it, um, make it 100% buy-in from all the players. And you get it. I thought they did a great job making – I was skeptical about the in-season tournament, but I thought they did a really good job of that, and it seemed like the players cared about it. But once again, it's an exhibition, so it's not its not a regular season game or a playoff game or anything like that. So um, I thought it was fun. You just got to hope that players care about it. And some of them do, some of them don't. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was fun watching Dame. Um, Halliburton was fun too. The five yeah. straight threes in the first was awesome. Halliburton was awesome. Uh, Carl Fitty Towns scores 50 and, like, no one's talking about it. I know. It was, like, so low-key, too. Like, at one point, I didn't even realize how much – like, I was like, man, Cat is scoring the basketball a lot. But then people were like – or they were saying he's got, like, 40. I was like, damn, I didn't realize he had that many points. I know he was scoring a lot, yeah. but – Yeah, for a long time, Dame was the leading scorer with, like, 33. And then he went to the bench, and then Cat just and started Jaylen scoring. Brown did pretty good, too. Yeah, Jalen Brown had a big game. The aforementioned Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was really cool uh, seeing Dame get that MVP. Uh, kind of made it his weekend. Um, and uh, the hope for me is that he he gets that uh, advice from Shaq to go be mean and take, take control of the team when he gets back to Milwaukee. Just hope he has a better 
into the season oh, and into the playoffs than he's had so regular season. I hope this propels him to that. Absolutely. But did you have anything else for this episode? I don't think so. I think that's yeah. it. Other than I know people have brought up the idea of a one-on-one tournament. I just can't imagine uh, the players caring about that enough, or even if they did, like the scrutiny that players would get <laughs> losing to like, right. can you imagine like Dame versus Russell Westbrook? We, there's already so many, you know, so much beef between like fans on Twitter with Russ and Dame and, or, you know, Steph and Dame or whatever. And man, it'd be a war zone on Twitter. It would be fun, but I yeah. just, the scrutiny that would be there for the players if they lost, I yeah. think would be crazy. <laughs> I like the king of the hill or just like you get three dribbles and you just got to try to score on someone. Yeah. I don't know how you make that into an actual contest, but, um, and like they were playing knockout and warmups and stuff. Like, I think those kind of things are fun. That would be cool Uh, too. A knockout in the NBA uh, would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Saw, well, you assume uh, they would make every, almost every free throw or you know three point shot, whatever. Well, uh, Jokic like knocks, <laughs> uh, knocked Luca's ball out of the way and then scored and knocked him out. It was it was fun, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, I think they did uh, just one other. I don't know. It it probably have to be Sunday before the game, but just try to get the all stars, the actual all stars, into some sort of competition and make it mandatory or something i don't know um like like i said you're never gonna make it 100 percent where they care about it but just something to to kind of liven it up a little bit yeah uh and then also tip off the game when it's supposed to start like it didn't start for like i, I don't even know i was just like waiting for the game to start and then it just like wasn't starting forever i'm like okay this is weird but whatever so i think jj reddick went off on that today about how the NBA has a problem with that. Like if you say it's seven o'clock tip, it needs to start at seven. Not, I think it's four, 42 minutes that. or something. Dude, uh, that's the weird part. Cause like, I feel like every time a game starts on TNT at that time, it actually tips off at that time. ESPN forget about it. If it's on ESPN, it's not starting to like 20 to 30 minutes after tip or whatever, or after the time it's promised. Uh, but yeah, and we still couldn't do a Dame ceremony before the game, man. Unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's uh, it for you. Do you have any crushing it? We kind of threw them in there, but no, it's I been, it's I been a week since the games yeah. that mattered. So we'll get back to that when we have less to talk about uh, next time. Um, and then uh, once again, go ahead and check out Crushable's YouTube channel. Uh, go subscribe to Blazers Uprise main channel if you haven't already. And if you haven't subscribed to this channel and are enjoying the podcast, uh, please like share subscribe all that good stuff we really appreciate all of you and uh leave a comment uh on your thoughts on anything we talked about trade deadline all-star weekend brady and i both love reading all your comments so make sure you do that and uh hope everyone has a good day uh thank you again brady and uh until next time you want to say it peace out go blazers